welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. Good morning, and hello to all you Conscious Leadership podcast listeners. I've been requested to do a Facebook Live on anxiety, um, what it is, and I suppose my thoughts around it and maybe how to manage it. So that's what I'm intending to do on this session. Now, for the sake of everybody listening at some point in the future, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't have qualifications. I don't work with mental health. But what I am is a 60-year-old individual who's been through a bit in her life, uh, especially in the last year. And with hindsight, which is a wonderful thing. I think I have, at some points in my life, suffered from anxiety. But of course, what I don't do, and I, and it's a me thing, it's a Julie thing, I'm not an anxious person. If something isn't going right, I will look to find a way forward, look to find a solution to the problem. I will look to deal with the the thing, whatever that is, with a really logical, really pragmatic, really practical viewpoint. And I truly believe that has helped me through the years to not let it get hold of me, if that makes sense. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is a forward focused process where our brains take us to what may happen, what could happen, the potential to happen. And it focuses on the forward focused, I'll say negative aspect of the thing that you're thinking about doing or the situation that you're in. That's my interpretation of anxiety. Anxiety activates the part of our brain and the part of our being that puts us into sort of the fight or flight response mode uh, creates that feeling of fear within us. Anxiety is a fear of something. It's the fear of the potential. So I'm just going to read because I've, you know, I've said I'm not a specialist on this, but I know about it. Um, I'm going to read some of the signs that you may feel if you are suffering from anxiety. And the other thing I want to say at this point is I do not like, I detest the labels. When I talk about anxiety, for me, it doesn't mean anxiety. It means there's something to be thought about, something to be considered and a plan to be made to put into place to go forward. Now, I'm saying that knowing that it is not something that has ever got hold of me, uh, truly got hold of me. So I'm not meaning to dismiss it if you suffer from it. I'm not meaning to dismiss it if you're in the midst of it. What I'm saying is that there are ways through it and out of it when you can manage the emotional aspect of what it is that's going on for you. So it's an emotional thing. It's a brain thing. So let's talk through it. So some of the things you may be feeling if you suffer from anxiety, and I'm actually going to read this 
you could be feeling nervous, on edge or panicky. And it says here, all of the time, I'll come back to that, feeling overwhelmed or full of dread, out of control, having trouble sleeping, low appetite and maybe too much appetite. Actually, people, depend on who we are, we overeat or undereat when we're not in the right place, uh, finds it difficult to concentrate, tired and grumpy, heart beating really fast or thinking you're having a heart attack. So again, panic attacks can come into this anxiety field. Trembling, feeling faint, stomach cramps, diarrhea, sweating more than usual, wobbly legs, getting very hot. Now, what I want to come back to with all of that is that is part of the fight and flight response. So our bodies operate as they did back in the Neanderthal times. So as much as we have evolved in perhaps what we look like, what we wear, how we behave, what we do, the technology around us is all involved. Basically, our body still works the same as it did then. So if you are walking towards something that you perceive to be a threat, your body will automatically go into fight, flight or freeze response. It's a natural way of being. We all do it. And that is a big message. We all go into that process. It's then what we do with the process. Now in, and our body changes what it does. So when we're talking about, you know, diarrhea or sweating, your body changes its functions. The The way your body operates, the enzymes that it produces change their function. One stops, one starts. And what happens is that our body prepares itself to fight as in physically fight or run away or freeze. So there's the three options. So when you think about being ready to run or fight, your brain isn't really needed to do that. You go into gut instinct. Your brain isn't really needed. So your body diverts oxygen and fluid to other parts of your body. It takes it away from your brain. It diverts the oxygen to your muscles. Now think about this. This is really logical. It diverts the oxygen to your muscles so you can thump someone or you can run like the clappers. It takes the fluid from your mouth, so your saliva, to the outside of your body to cool your body down because you're going to be running or fighting. This is a stress reaction as well. It's exactly the same. It turns the cortisol, which is the good thing, into adrenaline, which then creates greater power. You hear these stories of people lifting cars off of bodies, you know, that a car collapses on someone and they lift the car up like one person. You hear of people having an accident and, and cutting their arms off and yet they walk 10 miles to the hospital before they collapse. The body is designed to survive, designed to keep you safe. So, when you have a perception of something that is a threat, that is the mode that your body goes into. Now, we can intellectually and cleverly say, oh, yeah, that doesn't happen. I can control it. We don't. Our body does it. And it goes into what's called an aroused state. Now, in today's society, with all the pressures that we get put on us, we are more often than not in an aroused state. What we have to learn to do is to control ourselves to get us into a relaxed state. So it gives our body the opportunity to relax, to go back to its normal position of being safe, keeping us safe, 
the adrenaline goes back to cortisol and various other things happen. Your muscles relax. So when you look at the symptoms of anxiety and people are saying, you know, diarrhea, it's because your stomach, when you're in this perceived state of fight or flight, you don't need the additional weight that your stomach is carrying with the undigested food. It's very common for people, as an example, when people speak on stage, it is very common for them to have to go to the toilet before they speak. It's the anxiety in the body needing to release the additional weight to prepare you for fight or flight. It's exactly the same. People get tension all across the back of their necks. It's the muscle tension where your muscles are fully tensed and aroused, ready to run or fight, and then you don't run or fight, so they you get bad shoulders, you get pain in your back, you get pain across your shoulders. You get cloudy thinking because your oxygen and fluid is not going to your brain, it's going to other parts of your body. So anxiety is a forward-focused perception that something evil, bad, nasty, dangerous is going to happen. And it happens to us whether we want it to or not. We don't We don't control, I'm going to say we don't control these thoughts. We don't always know what they are because they're coming from our unconscious or subconscious. Now, if you've got a guy coming towards you with a machete or even a woman coming towards you with a machete, oh, you are going to do something. You're going to run, you're going to fight or you're going to freeze. So your natural tendencies will tell you what to do. And of course, society says in a normal everyday way, working environment when somebody says something to you that you don't like or your manager asks you to stay late or do something and there's a power imbalance and you don't say you you don't think you can say you can't or you're sitting in a traffic jam and you you're going to be late for an appointment your body does this automatically it's not really within our control what we have to do is manage how we react to things And the key things, and you're going to love this or not, as the case may be, um, all of the information that we've been given for our health and diet from the medical profession over a number of years is about drink more water, take more exercise, eat more veg. It's absolutely what we need to do. Plus relax. So in the recent years, we've been hearing a lot about well-being, being, mindfulness, meditation, all of these things will help us if we are of an anxious disposition to calm down because it brings you into the now rather than the future. And remember, anxiety is a future-focused emotion. Now, my mum was a worrier and I think at a very early age, my mum was a worrier, my dad wasn't. So I've got both of those people, being, genetics, energy, genes, whatever you want to call it, within me. I think what happened, I made a choice at a very young age, unbeknownst, intimate, unconscious, that I didn't like, for want of a better word, mum's worry gene. That's what I've always called it. I've always called it mum's worry gene. So I made the decision not to adopt it. I don't know whether this is true or not, but it's my story for me. So I made the, made the decision not to adopt it. I took on board my dad's calmness. And don't, you know, I do have mum's fire, but I took on board dad's calmness and not worry, everything will be all right. And it's really served. 
Now, I do get anxious. I don't call it anxious. I call it, um, actually, I don't call it anything. It's just an emotion I go through. If I'm going to speak on stage or if I'm doing something that I've not done for the first time or sometimes when I'm picking a phone call up, uh, picking the phone up to make a call to somebody that I've not spoken to or sometimes when I go into a networking event. So I'm trying to make this really practical for people. If I go into a networking event or I walk into a room full of people that I don't know, I do get those butterflies in my stomach. I do. And how do I manage that? I plan and prepare myself in advance for the thing that I'm going into. So if I'm going to do a talk, whether it be a a 10-minute one, this podcast, or an hour one, I know that A, there is a certain amount of preparation I I need to do. And sometimes people will say it's 90% prep, 10% presentation. I'm a been in training and learning and development for many, many years. I partly believe that. What I also partly believe is talking from the heart and delivering the message that you're meant to deliver at the time. Now, depending on where you are, you can do that. And sometimes you can't. If you're in a meeting in your office and you really want to get a message across and you want to do it in the right way, I would manage all of that emotional process and preparation in advance of going into the meeting. Sometimes when I do talks, I will prepare 100% in advance, depending on the subject. And other times I'll just do two or three slides if I can use PowerPoint. And those slides will operate me from the trigger. I know who my audience is and I speak from the heart. I speak in flow. I speak with best intent. So I don't need to prepare as much. For this podcast, I've done a little bit of research on anxiety not too much, a little bit of research and anxiety because I don't want to label anybody. I don't, it's one of those words I don't actually like, so I don't use it. So I just, I say I dismiss it. I know it's around. I know people suffer from it. I'm not negating what people go through at all. And if you are anxious and you are of an anxious disposition, there is something within us that we need to manage. It may be emotional trauma within us. It may be something, generally speaking, it's probably something from our past coming through, you know, whether it be from our childhood or it depends what you believe, but from our childhood, that we can heal, we can repair and we can mend. We can identify what it is, take the lessons that we need from that and move forward. So I'm on a constant um, development process of who am I? What am I? How do I operate? Uh, what do I need to do to be the best version of me? So I'm, I'm on a constant personal development journey. Have been for years because I recognise I don't know it all. There is always something else out there um, that can help us be the better version of ourselves. So with anxiety, if you're experiencing it or are suffering from it, initially I would say try meditation. It depends how I can say extreme your symptoms are, get help is one thing. Absolutely get help. Talk to somebody um, that can support you with this because it is it is mendable. You can do something about it. That's for sure. That I do know. So um, think about living in the present. So think about meditation. Think about maybe some mindfulness. Look at what you're grateful for in life rather than the potential for something to go wrong. Look at what you've got. Look at what's great. Look at um, good. And the other thing for me, and this is what I do a lot, if there is something that I'm not sure about, 
and I'm very logical, very practical. I will look at the situation, the thing, whatever it is. I will gather the information that I can possibly get on that thing, on the situation. So I'm a property investor and the person that asked me to do this live is also in property. So I look at the situation, I gather all of the information that I can possibly gather on the thing and I have a tendency to research too much so I have to acknowledge when I've got enough information. I look at the criteria for the decision that I'm making. It's a decision-making process which I use, I'm going to say, almost intuitively over some things and other things I'll do it as a real solid planning process. You know, I'm an ex-accountant, ex-auditor. This is sort of natural, I say natural, I've learned how to do it. So I analyse the thing and from that analysis, I then can go, yes, no, am I involved? Do I need to do more? Do I want to get involved? Where does this leave me with my decision? And my decision will be, yes, I want to be involved. What else do I need to do? Or no, I don't want to be involved. I'm not going to be bothered by this anymore. Decision made. Decision made, parked. If it's a no, decision made, what more do I need to do if it's a yes? And that's it. And that sounds really simple. And it works for me. So if that's something that could possibly help you, please, please, please use it. I'll do something more on this. I'll do another um, podcast episode on decision making. So the podcast for the live audience is Conscious Leadership. It's anything and everything that leads us to managing consciously, leading consciously, taking consciousness into our life and our business to get the best results for our employees, our staff teams, whether it be VA, PA, employed, self-employed, contracted, whatever, it's exactly the same. For us within our life, it covers relationships, it covers life in general, it covers peer group, friend group, all of those sorts of things. And of course, it covers business. And that's any business that we are in. So that's the intent of this. You know, there's, um, yeah, please go to the Facebook page, um, either mine or Conscious Leadership. I'll be sharing things across. And what I will say, and again, for the Facebook Live people and for the podcast, if you want me to cover any subject, please ask, please put it up because I will. Um, I will do my my research on it. I will talk to the people I need to talk to. Or if you want me to do an interview for the podcast, please let me know who you would like me to interview. I'm looking for ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And of course, I'm going to do the people that are wealthy. And I'm also going to do the people that are starting out if they've got a really good message and can give hope and belief to other people who may just be starting out on their journey. So anything you want, let me know. I'll do it. I'll provide it for you. So I'm going to say bye now. Remember, go out there, take action that will take you one step further to your dream. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.